In a world that tells us that if you're not happy, you can just change your job, end your relationship, start a new one, have a baby, get a puppy or five. We are constantly facing change in the pursuit of happiness. And yet, deep down, we resist this so much because nobody teaches us how to navigate transitions. Well, I'm here to change that. Join me and my guest every week to find the inspiration and actionable steps to dive into your next great chapter. Let's write it together. Hello, everybody. This week, I have Hunter Clark Fields joining me. She's the creator of Mindful Parenting, the podcast host of Mindful Mama, and the author of Raising Good Humans. Hunter, thank you so much for being here today. I'm glad to be here. Thanks for inviting me. Will you please be willing to share the wisdom that you've learned through all the chapters of your life? Sure. There are many chapters. It seems like they're getting longer, but <laughs> I think... Just a minute. <laughs> um, you know, I think when I like the thing, one of the big things I got from being young is just understanding myself and knowing that I'm like a highly sensitive person. I feel things really deeply. And that was like, I felt I had big ups and downs, like real highs and lows. And that was really what led me to mindfulness because I was like, wanted something, you know, I just wanted to not fall into these pits of despair, like every week or two, you know, I just felt like life was so overwhelming at times. And so, uh, learning and, and diving into reading and learning about mindfulness was really this like lifeline for me. Um, and that's that, you know, that idea that, we all have the capacity for equanimity and, and et cetera. Like that was like a real draw for me. And it really is, it really, um, it really is, I think, you know, just a, just a powerful tool for everyone. But um, yeah, I'm trying to think there's so many <laughs> chapters to cover. Like, don't, don't, you know, jump over the fire when there's a kegger in the woods was a lesson I learned at some point, you know, <laughs> Very valuable lesson for all the listeners out there. That was like a very early lesson. <laughs> but right now you're focusing on the mindful parenting. Was there something that triggered you? Or you oh. were like, you, you had children and you were like, oh, this is where we're going from the moment that we, they got here. Yes, absolutely. So my oldest daughter, I mean, so I got to parenting and at that point, like when I was pregnant, I was like, oh, I'm like meditating in a meditation group. I just like kind of st just started like my meditation practice. And I was like, this is going to be so amazing. I'm going to be so good at this. We're going to be so calm because look at us, like we're meditating. And then she came out and she, lo and behold, she was as highly sensitive as I was. And it was, so, you know, it's just so much harder than you realize it's going to be. And for me, my temper came out, my anger was just like my father's anger. And I really felt like I was failing at this thing that was the most important thing in my life at that, you know, just was like, this is the thing that matters more than anyone else, anything else. This is like another person's life. And I don't want to perpetuate these patterns. You know, I could really see like, oh, this is my father's anger, you know, and this is exactly what I didn't want. I didn't choose to get angry. It wasn't like, you know, it's interesting because we get, get so hard on ourselves for our temper. And if we yell and things like that, but nobody 
chooses that. Nobody's consciously like, I think I'm going to just wake up in the morning and yell at my kids. To, you know, no one does that. You know, it's something that comes out of us. It's not really our fault, but it really is something we have to take responsibility for, right? Because this, these are our actions. We have to take responsibility for actions. So that basically being an abject failure and kind of like struggling so much is what brought me into this work. And I started to I started to dive into like learn from all these parenting coaches and people had great things to say, like great advice. And they would say like, respond this way. And then I would be so frustrated because when I was starting to lose it, I could remember zero about what that good thing to say that I had learned, like nothing was coming through. So I really had saw, I had to go back to my mindfulness and really bring that in because I saw that this was a huge piece that was missing from this conversation. Like there was no, you know, it always started with like step one pause, but I was like, well, how, how do you do that? Right. How do you pause like that? There's a lot of work and information before you even get to step one. And so that's what mindful parenting really does. It brings together all of this information about, uh, you know, our nervous system, how to lower our reactivity, you know, all these tools, um, along with the skillful communication work too, because that is incredibly important. You know, they, they both need to come together. And so at least they, they really did for me. It was, it's very selfishly something that I really, really needed, but I, you know, I dove into like got certifications and trainings and learning and, and really brought it all together in, in mindful parenting. Which I think it's interesting that we learn all these things and then we add to the frustration that we already felt as I'm failing as a parent and then I'm, I'm failing as a parent and I'm more educated now. So you yeah. add, on top of that, you have the shame of, I know better, I know, but like you said, you do not access that space between reactivity and response. It's like, no, I'm, I'm going right away into that because we have all these programs that are running. And it was very interesting when you said, I turned into my dad's anger and that's exactly what I felt. I was like, Oh, so for the first 27 years of my life, I did really well. I was like, yeah, well done. I'm not my parents. And then my kids come and I'm like, well, I'm yeah. my parents and I'm acting exactly in the ways that I said I wouldn't. So what will be a couple of tidbits of advice that you could give to people who are in that very previous step to how to get to that, find the space to pause? Yeah. I mean, I guess I would say, you know, it's not about learning more. You know, we tend to think that in our culture, like it's about learning more and, and taking in more information. And it's really, really not about that. It's really about uh, like utilizing tools. You know, it's funny, like I have people who are therapists, <laughs> like come into mindful parenting and child development experts and things like that, who are like, I know all these things. And then it's about actually practicing, like you don't need to know more, but you do need to train your nervous system and literally practice. Like you can read a bunch of stuff about baseball that is not going to help you <laughs> win uh, a baseball game, right? Like you really have to, you know, we are a, a flesh and blood animal with patterns and habits, and we make sense of the world through you know, our, you know, we're conditioned from our childhood and our genetics and all of these things. And we have this nervous system and it's really important to take care of our animal body, right? Like it's not just all in our heads. It's not just a willpower thing. It's none of that. It's about 
it's about understanding, like, it's not your fault. You, you know, all that blame and shame doesn't work. It doesn't help at all. It's really about saying, okay, well, this is arising. Look, I got some issues from my childhood. Here they are. My children's child, my, my child is showing me all these issues I need to work on. Hello, hello, you know, control issues. <laughs> hello, anger, right? Like, and then, and then we have to, then we have to sit with that, right? Like we have to understand that we have to learn to tolerate some of these feelings and let them dissipate and learn to process them, learn to digest them. You know, um, I heard a great metaphor that I really like, you know, how we were all told like, just don't cry when you were a kid, like go away. If you have bad feelings, like don't cry. Well, it's like, we never developed this digestive system for our feelings. And it's like, like when you're parenting, like you get these like big emotional, it's like you eat this giant emotional hamburger, but you have no digestive system. And so this hamburger like goes into your body and eventually someone just pokes you and it's like a disgusting mess as this hamburger comes out, right? You need to be able to digest these things. And those are practices. They're visceral practices that take time in the real world and not a lot, but they, you know, that it's not just something like, it's not like another stack of parenting books is going to help you with that. Like it's about doing the work. Mm. Very often with the women that I work going through their divorce, the first thing that I do is that like, ask them, do you know how to process your emotion, your emotions? And what they go into is how to suppress their emotions, how to make them nicer, how to make them disappear. And I'm like, okay, now you're emotionally constipated. That's not going to work. Like we need to release that because just because our emotions and they don't show physically in our body right away, they are taking a toll and our body keeps the score like the book says. And that's the places where even our intellect being so full of information and courses and parenting and it's still in the body. The body is the first place that is going to react. So like what you were saying, let's get into the nervous system, how, learn how to regulate and how to process emotions. Now, for me, my mindful parenting journey started a little bit later when my kids were, I guess, it happened when I was going through my divorce and then I was into just learning every book and this book landed in my hands and it was called uh, The Mindful, no, The Waking Family. Mm, by Dr. Mm, Shafali Sabari. Yeah. And I remember going like, well, because, you know, I was all worried about how I was going to ruin my kids' life through their divorce. But up until that point, I thought I've done amazing because again, mindfulness. And yes, I'll, I'll have my moments where I lose my temper, but you know, then you will go down to their level and explain to them. So I thought I'm, I'm doing okay. And then I read that book and I'm like, oh my goodness gracious me. That's not what the work is about. And then I'm trying to make sure that my children are getting a life that doesn't, again, it's not processing my emotions, letting them process their emotions. It's just creating these little humans according to my blueprint. And then I go, mm -hmm. oh my God, I damaged them. That's it. I cannot change the course, but that's not true. What have you found that people come to you with that? Do they come to you with that same feeling of it's too late? My kids are seven, 10, 15. Is it true? Oh yeah, absolutely. They, people feel like that all the time. I mean, and like the truth is like, there is an optimal time to do this work. Like it's nice to like, not set any, like not so healthy patterns in motion. Like that's great if you can avoid doing that. So sure. That's really great. Like I had this couple who, who did it when their baby was like nine months old. I was like, you're amazing. But, um, 
but the truth is, is that there's never too late, right? Like it's a relationship. You're in a relationship like with any other and, and our brains are plastic. Like where, as we grow, we change and what we practice grows stronger. I, I taught mindful parenting, uh, to in-person in like a low-income community in, um, in Delaware. And this grandma came because she was taking care of her six-year-old grandson. And afterwards, like she told me about what was happening with her grandson. It was all good, all this great stuff. And then she said to me, she got really teary. And she said, like, I healed my relationship with my adult daughter using these tools. And I was like, oh my gosh, you know I mean? Because that's, that's the truth. Like you, you, there's no time limit. Like, it's not like you're like, oh, well, I guess that ship has sailed. I'm never going to heal those relationships with these people I care about more than anything in the world. Like, no, you know, that's not going to happen. Um, so yeah, there's, it's never too late. At the end of the time, maybe it will be if one of you is not there anymore. That's when you can correct. Yeah. But any other time you are able to course correct mm -hmm. and to honestly, and I explain to my children now because they, they'll often be like, oh, mom, you took that so well in the past. You would have reacted much worse. And I say, I'm just doing my work and I'm, I'm teaching them. That's how you learn. That's how you evolve. So they're getting the same skills just as they see my progression and that, you know, we, we are all, we have neuroplasticity. We can change the way that our brain is wired to change the, the results in our uh, relationships. But I feel like when people are pregnant, we read all these books about what to expect when you're expecting. We go to Lamas classes. And I always say like, basically the child is gonna come one way or another. It's not like we really need to learn much about the process, but I think that we should be reading your book and Dr. Cephali's book. So we are prepared to raise good humans. So what would you say for people who are fortunate enough to be pregnant and they get their hands on, on your book, what is it that they're going to find in that book that is going to help them raise the, those good humans? Well, it, you'll see that what you'll see is a lot of encouragement to take care of yourself deeply because there's a huge, uh, you know, patriarchal idea in our society that's like that whole self-sacrificing thing and it's complete bs because it hurts you it hurts your kids because they get less of you and they don't they get a an example of a martyr you don't want to do that right like you have to take care of yourself like you have to take care of your mind your body your feelings your you know you have to like go see friends and things like that like your kids will survive i don't know going to ymca childcare for like an hour for you to go for a run, if that's, what's going to be good for you. Right. Help you get your yeah, yeahs out, you know? So there's a lot of pushback against the idea of self-sacrifice because that patriot, you know, that's a leftover from when women were only valued for their, how they could take care of men and children. Right. And our intrinsic value wasn't there and it hurts kids too. So that you're going to see a lot of encouragement. You're going to what you'll start to understand is that like, well, kids, they, what they need most, like what they need so much. Like we spend all this money on like equipment and sports and classes and stuff and all these things. And, and kids, like if a child had zero toys, but a one parent who is like grounded, calm and able to be present, that would be the most well-rounded child on the earth because kids literally don't need toys and they need, that's what they need, right? They, we, we are 
we have this very individualist idea of society, but the truth is we, you know, we help each other regulate our feelings. You know, whenever you're in a room with someone, you're helping someone regulate their feelings. And when we can be that calm, grounded presence, when we can model how to calm, how to take care of our feelings, how to regulate our feelings, how to, you know, how to communicate skillfully like that. Those are the things that will give your child the edge, like way more than, um, I don't know, like, uh, Japanese math or whatever they're doing. <laughs> it's Russian math. And, uh, you know, and I think that, and, and what is in there are a lot of tools for you to do those things. It's really a very practical, raising good humans is really very practical. There's a lot of exercises for you to do this and it's also better to do it like with people, right. To not just be on your own doing this work. So, so I would say, go and check it out, see what's there. It's a very practical. It's like very down to earth, very practical book, very non-judgmental. Cause like I've been there. I was like scaring my poor child. It was not pretty, but it that's part of being human, you know, and part of what you'll find in there is a, a lot of permission to be yourself, to be human. That's allowed right and it's it's good <laughs> and a lot of permission to like you said take care of yourself go against what society is saying like we have to create the college fund like I, i've said to my friends like i'm not creating a college fund but i do create a soul fund like my children get to spend more time with me because i'm not like i'm so busy creating for mm. your future for something that they may not even want by the time they're 18 i keep saying there's not going to be colleges anyway so why would i spend all this precious time away from them just because society has told me you have to work hard you can't take time for yourself whenever I go away on a trip. Like I've had comments from other moms go like, oh my God, how can you do that? How can you leave your children? I'm like, trust me, I'm not leaving them tied up to a tree. They have that. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then they go, oh, your, you know, your, their father is so helpful. And I'm like, it's their children. It's his children too. You know what I mean? <laughs> But it's this mindset that it's just been handed down to us. So I love that in your message, there is that permission. There is that you can disrupt this because, hey, it hasn't worked. We have all this generation of burnt out moms working so hard, not taking care of themselves and creating this resentment that then on top of that, then you go, but now I want to be a mindful parent. And you're like, well, I'm sorry. I'm not even a mindful human. So what do you expect me to do? So I love that you are saying take care of yourself, create your own reality. And yes, I couldn't agree more. Children just want our undivided attention until they turn teenagers. And then they want a Snapchat attention. But <laughs> until then, let's make sure that we are available for them. So I love that you're sharing this message with the world. And I love that. I I'm curious, why did you create the book? Was it like people ask you, please, or you felt like there is a need for this new message? I, I don't know. I think I just kind of followed the cookie crumbs that were kind of coming into my life. You know, I had a friend who was an author and she said, Oh, I'll introduce you to my publisher. And I said, Oh, that's great. And I'll make a book, you know, proposal. And I don't know, it just seemed to happen in this very, for me, very, you know, it wasn't like it was a, it was really super, I mean, writing a book is really hard. I have to say that, but like the process of like, it just seemed to be like, oh, that's the next right thing to do. I don't know. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> and in which other ways are you helping people if um, they want to read your book and then you also have the podcast and the podcast you go further into these subjects correct yeah and the podcast is uh there's a lot of interviews mostly interviews lots of the great experts that are in the book or you know they've appeared on the podcast a couple times there's like over 300 something episodes now it's been going for a long time so like there's so much information there um it's, it's, uh, it's really fun. I really love it. I love to talk. (laughs) So, um, and I, and I want to learn, you know, I always want, I'm I'm constantly a learner. I, you know, that I think that things are always changing and evolving and we're learning more and more. So yeah, the podcast is there. Raising Good Humans is on audiobook. I'm working on my next book, which is so exciting. And yeah, and there's, um, yeah. So there's a lot of great ways to, to dive in and see what's going on. And for people who uh, find my podcast because they're going through their divorce and they find me through their uh, through my Instagram page, um, they are very worried about the effect that it's going to have on their children. So do you have any advice for, it doesn't have to be divorced, but any big transitions? How can we support our children uh, through mindful parenting? I guess I would just say that you're, our best parenting is modeling, right? So we the way we interact with our ex-partner, the way we interact with our kids, like that really matters. And so that piece about self-regulation, that that really matters in like having places to process all the feelings that are come up, that really matters. And the, like the idea that, um, you know, I think as we're going through these things, we can understand that our, our kids are going through a lot and, and what, what can, what's the best thing we can offer them? We can listen, you know, um, my, one of my teachers, you know, the Zen master Thich Nhat Hanh, an amazing, uh, you know, peace activist and mindfulness teacher brought mindfulness to the West in a lot of ways. He has a quote that I think really applies here, which is, um, when you love someone, the best thing you can offer is your presence. How can you love if you are not there? And that, piece about just being there and just listening and and allowing some space and really just the just being open and curious about how is this for you and and what's going on with you and not necessarily feeling the need to fill it up with a bunch of words or or advice or anything but just listening I think is probably what I would offer in that place Mm, very often we want to control how they are going to react and how their experience is going to be. And like you said, sometimes it's just giving them, holding the space and giving them your presence to say, hey, I'm here. And how is this working out for you? And what you were mentioning before about feeling the emotions when when it comes to crying, can we please stop with it? Don't cry. Whenever somebody starts crying and they're like, I'm so sorry, I'm crying. I'm like, cry me a hundred rivers. That's that's you releasing that sadness. I don't want to keep it in your body. You cry. I mean, like, I'll just bring the tissues. Let's, let's do this. And I do the same with my children and, you know, just letting them express themselves and, and for you to just be listening. And again, no shame, no judgment. Um, I think that that's so powerful. So thank you so much, Hunter, for the work that you are doing in this world and for raising this awareness. Is there, what's the best place for people to contact you if they want to learn further from you? Uh, mindfulmamamentor.com is where you can find everything from the podcast to the book to, you know, all kinds of things we're doing. Perfect. We'll put it on the show notes so you can all go and learn more from Hunter. And can I ask you the last two questions that I ask all my guests? 
Sure. Bring it on. (laughs) (laughs) The first one is where do you see your next great chapter? And I have a feeling that it has to do with another book, like you mentioned. Yeah, there are some next chapters that are in the works actually at the moment. And for me, it is the book. But for me, the thing I'm really excited about is I'm teaching people around the world to teach mindful parenting in their local communities. So there are people in Australia and Montana and Canada and stuff like now teaching it to their local communities. And I feel like that has a potential to really transform lives and in a way that I can't you know, reach all those people. So that's really exciting. Oh, fantastic. And where do you see the, the world's next great chapter? it's uh it's an uncertain future that's for sure but i know that you know i'm not the only voice like teaching these things and i think as we're starting to you know our awareness is growing by leaps and bounds as to what how our behaviors and different things affect each other and i think that i think that the next great chapter really i mean if i if i think about what happens to the generation of kids who isn't raised, you know, with spanking and fear and don't cry, right? Like what happens to those kids who are like, you know, when there a problem arises and they aren't like that their go-to thing isn't, well, the most powerful one wins, but their go-to thing is what are you needing in this situation? And what am I needing in this situation? Right. You know, when we can have a generation of kids who have empathy grow into adults, then what does that world look like? Like, that's really exciting. Um, I think that that is hopefully our next great chapter for, for the human race anyway, for the world. I mean, I hope we're not like, you know, like struggling on storm, you know, with stormy seas and trying to get to the highest mountain and getting off earth. Like that's the, that's the dark side. So the, the hopeful side is that we are emotionally aware and grounded, and then we can handle all the rest. <laughs> there is, there is that dichotomy of, are we at the end of times or are we at the beginning of a new totally. for civilization? I keep saying, well, it would be pretty irritating if we make it this far, then we create this generation of really mindful people, which I think is what's happening. The parents are finally, they got the tools, they got the knowledge, so they're passing it down to your children. And then that's it, the end. We all blow up and they'll be like, oh, what a disappointing ending. Let's go with the other one. Uh, well, yeah, yeah. It's you. not gonna be that, dear listener. No, 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 we're, we, we could do this. <laughs> I, I feel the same. So thank you so much, Hunter. This was so enlightening and I really appreciate the work that you're doing, the mission that you're spreading. And for everybody, please go and find her podcast, her book. And um, thank you so much for being here today. Hey, thank you so much, Olga. It's been really a pleasure, really a joy to talk to you and spend time. Thank you. And for everybody, I'll see you next week. Aloha. Hey, if you're passionate about helping others move to the next chapter and want to join one of the fastest growing industries, I would like to invite you to my upcoming training to become a certified holistic divorce coach. Just head over to olganadal.com and click on the Holistic Divorce Institute tab. I can't wait to meet you inside the program.